Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time with a familiar partner, the National Women's Veterans United, the NWVU. September is National Suicide Prevention and Hispanic Heritage Month. It's today, Saturday, September 29th, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Claiborne, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. And our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have our partner with us today. That's Rochelle Crump, of course, one and only. U.S. Army veteran and founder and president of the National Women's Veterans United. And we're talking about the suicide prevention workshops coming up that they're sponsoring. How are you guys doing today? Doing fine. Thank you so much. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. So tell yes, us. Yes, we're doing, we're doing just great. Actually, we had one of those sessions on Tuesday, September the 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had about 33 participants. Uh, some of them were from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Others were from other organizations and, of course, some of our membership because we do like to keep uh, some of the women, you know, to have that training so that we can refer them to others and able to, you know, talk about suicide and also to remember we have to ask the question, we have to persuade, and we have to refer, you know, for suicide prevention. So, you know, it's a very taunting, um, daunting um, you know, process to talk about it, especially for me, you know, uh, I have known five people who actually have committed suicide, mm-hmm. you know, in my lifetime. And, uh, you know, of course, every time it rolls around, you kind of think about those things. And, you know, it, it's it's a good thing that they're doing more and putting more efforts and, you know, making it a really um, intentional, if you will, you know, process to train organizations and individuals. So the training was excellent. You know, we were trained by Sertoma Century. Uh, They have a grant that they use, and they've been training for, I know, for the last five years or more, we have, you know, had women veterans who have been trained by them to keep, you know, that on our record. And... um, you know, each time it, it gets more intense because, of course, those numbers sometimes don't change. You know, when you look at the numbers, the national numbers, you know, for example, I looked at it's called NVSS, and basically it's the Vital Statistics Rapid re- uh, Release. And this was from September of 22. Uh, They haven't put anything out for 23 yet. I haven't seen anything from them. But it shows that, you know, females, they have actually um, declined. And and that was interesting from the age of 65 to 74, you know, and the decline was from 2020 to 2021. It went from 5.6 to 5.4 which is good. Anytime you can see, you know, that 4% or whatever decline, I mean, that's really significant, you know. 
but you also look at whether or not those numbers are changing for other rates, such as females in the age group of 35 to 44, 45 to 54, and then 75. And then, you know, it also shows that if those numbers are going down, they're not rapidly going down. That's another thing that, you know, uh, actually gives you the, the understanding that there's still a lot of work to do. And the good um, thing too, also too, okay. the different eras. So seventy, so people that are seventy-five and older, that's basically Vietnam era. If you're talking about Absolutely. thirty-five to forty-five, you know, my age, you're talking about anywhere from Kosovo to um, Afghanistan to Iraq. Um, Absolutely, which are, which are aging and the and the stereotype often was is that there that the person who the people that are coming back from service now are the ones committing suicide and the reality was most of the suicides mm-hmm. the 20 a day that we talk about sometimes or the 22 a day depending on what numbers you look at those people were are mostly from the vietnam era most of those people are, are older people who are committing who were committing suicide on those numbers not the younger folks who are coming just coming back so as they start to age oh absolutely yeah so they're so, so we're start so our demographic starting to age you know, we're not quite yet in the senior demographic yet, but we're starting to age. Mm-hmm. So you're starting to see those suicide rates, just like the Vietnam era guys did, just like the, uh, the World War II oh, people yeah. did, start to creep up. Yeah. That's what it seems to be showing, just based on history. Yeah. And as you touched on, women, from what I understand, I don't know if this is still the case, let me, you can, maybe you can let me know, mm-hmm. had the great, had the largest percentage, greater percentage of, that, of their cohort who committed suicide. A woman was more likely to commit suicide than a man from the military. No. Okay. It's male. Okay. It it is male. And you know not that they don't, it's just that they have more resources in terms of because a lot of times they are the uh caretakers. They are pretty much and I'm talking about why women don't necessarily do it because a lot of times they feel guilty you know, because they're doing so much. They got children that they're raising there. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it kind of keeps them in in a in a position where these people are counting on them and so you know it's not that they're not having a hard time dealing with it and you you would think that that's the way to go because they have so many restrictions and things that they have to do that that would be the thing that sends them over the top but it's actually not you know it is those things a lot of times from financial from being ill um a lot of times from you know we know that military sexual trauma has really taken uh a toll on on women and there were some suicides from that in fact you know i don't believe they were all suicide though you know i I really don't um i think they were uh friendly fire if you will Mm. and uh because they came out saying that they were unknown uh, when you look at those records from the military, from the Department of Defense, you see unknown a lot of times. But mm. then they tell the parents pretty much that it was, you know, like suicide. And wow. everybody's trying to figure out, but that's not what they saw in their own children. You know, and I, I just speak one, for example, which was uh, Lavidia, uh, I think I'm saying her name right, but Johnson. And her father was a medical doctor. And they told them that they had actually coded her as suicide, and he wanted to see the body. I want to see my daughter. And he was able to do that, and then they changed. Everything changed from that point. Wow. You know, and they went into some deep, you know, um, legal things, which they're still in, from my understanding. 
Uh, and but you you know you look at those things they're far and few, but it's not far and few that suicide is one of the bigger problems for males. And the ones, if you can remember and may have seen, some of them have committed suicide at the VA, in the parking lot, in the facility, you know, and and that's sad. You know, I know that, you know, and I'm not going to bash the VA. I don't, don't, that's never my intent. But also, I do have remembrance of what happened to people that I know, you know, went to get service and did not and was not able to get that service. You know, that's been a while now. But, you know, it never leaves your mind of, you know, if you get bad fruit at a fruit shop, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't go back again. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those type of things. So, you know, I have a hard time with that. But, you know, you keep looking at the progress that they make, the efforts that they put out in order to do those things. Uh, There's a lot more legislation being done to increase those, you know, uh, demands of them to do better, if you will. So, I mean, that's good. And it helps us to be able to, you know, have this training and make sure that everyone is trained. And it's just not the training that's going to save people. It's the actions that we have from the training. How do we continue to, you know, help those who need us the most? And we see that a lot of times, you know, um, in different groups. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we created the National Women Veterans United because we knew the struggles of things like that. And even though we're not experts at it, we want to have a place that's safe for them to come where they can talk about it, where they feel like they're being heard. And where, you know, it's not about sharing a lot of times, even though peer support is like sharing a lot of things, too. But it's more so of listening as well, you know and providing some resources for them. Let them know that you'll go with them. You know, that's always good. Let them know that it's nothing to be ashamed of, you know, that because you want to remove that from them also because you don't want them to shut down on you and you want that honesty from them. But you have to ask them, you know, just bluntly, are you thinking about killing yourself, you know, or are you all right? You know, we have to do that. And then we have to persuade them, you know, to get the help. You know, how so, hard and is it to have important. those conversations when you started? Because we just talked about this in one of our segments earlier, where a lot mm-hmm. of people think that it's um, there was a, a myth or a stereotype that you shouldn't, you know, people don't want to say the word suicide or ask that direct question because they're afraid that maybe the person might say yes or the person might maybe even think about doing it because you suggested it some kind of way. How does those conversations no. go when you have these when you've done these things in the past for you when you've had these conversations? Well, I can just tell you from my own experience of having to talk someone down from that, you know, and I was not, I don't consider myself having been trained during that time, you know, and her thing was, if you send the police here, I will do that, you know, I will kill myself, you know, and I had to keep talking her down by saying, you know, well, if I don't send the police, can I come, you know, will you let me come over? And she allowed me to come over. Now, this was dark. She lived way out in the south suburbs, and it was pretty dark going out there, I want to say. But she allowed me to come in her home. 
And what we did, we started talking about that, but we also talked about other things. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I started talking about how pretty her hair was. I thought, oh, it looked like you're going out tonight. You know, I started, you know, diffusing some of those things. Now, whether or not that was the right thing to do or not, it worked at the end. Mm -hmm. She allowed me to talk with her daughter who was there. She had tried to cut herself. You know, she started with the cutting and stuff and i asked can i talk to your daughter because at the time i was actually working for dcfs and i had to put that hat on and remember that there was a child in the house you know i didn't know what method she was going to use until the daughter told me that she was cutting you know so it's it's, her daughter was a teenager she was like 13. wow so you know i had great concerns about that and my first thought was i know i need to call that police but you know i was i was torn between call the police and not calling the police because you just don't know mm-hmm. but in this it's real situation like and we talk about this here in chicago you're familiar with this because one yeah. of the things that people are what the new mayor is is, is uh, concerned with and has been trying to initiate is not using the police for things like crises such as these where the police are not necessarily trained like what is a how is a police officer trained to handle someone who's trying to commit suicide when, when and even their if they tool, their main what their main tool for everything is handcuffs and a gun. Well, you know, it's safety first for them. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand right. that, you know, right. I, I had, you know, mixed emotions about it, too. But I understand that they want to go home, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you think of it like that, you know, some are more compassionate than others and some are more aggressive than others. You know, but aggression comes from a lot of different people in a lot of different ways and a lot of different reasons why they are aggressive you know so you look at that but you know you still have to talk to them about it you know you can't sugarcoat it because if you sugarcoat it how are you ever going to find out whether or not they really are or that they're not so you have to ask the question no it does not give them ideas because if they're going to commit suicide they already pretty much talked about it at one point or the other Mm. it's not something that just oh i'm going to kill myself today you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for her, who I was, you know, actually talking to, that wasn't her first time, you know, things like that. But, you know, all in the same breath, you have to stay with them, you know, and that's the goal. The goal is to try to talk them, you know, down to getting that referral and let me go with you. You know what I'm saying? And nothing to be ashamed of. Don't be ashamed that you're feeling this way. It's okay not to feel good today, you know? Wow. But, you know, it, it was I was glad that I was able to do it, you know, because it worked and she did get the help that she needed, you know, and um, she's well, still here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just say that. She's so what still you learned, here. what you did that night with that with your friend. I really want to get into the topic of how you handled the daughter, because 13 years old, mm-hmm. I'm really curious about what she was going through. But we don't have time for to go into that, kind of that, that direction. But my question is, now yeah, because of this, she, your workshop is what did you learn from the workshop? that you would have done differently from the, what you did back then, which was successful and it actually worked, what tools and how did you change your methods from what you learned in the workshop? Well, I actually have had that training twice, twice before. This is my second time. And what I learned each time were, you know, they, there was not much change of having that conversation and, you know, basically asking the questions trying to persuade them, you know, to talk to somebody for help because that's the whole goal. The goal is to make them want to get the help because if they don't get the help, 
unless you're going to stay there all day, every day with them, you'll never know when or where. So it's trying to get them the help that they need right away, you know, and that's why it's so important for the VA pretty much to not tell somebody that comes in there that says, I need to see somebody. Oh, it's going to be three hours before we can get to you. Mm. Now go figure that one. You understand what I'm saying? So we have to be prepared for the whatever. Let's just say that for whatever. We should never have that type of attitude. And the person may have been overwhelmed. There was a lot of people in there. You know, the wife, this is a whole other situation. And I had to get up and I went to the VA because it scared me to death when she said that because I was afraid I was going to lose that person. You know? Mm-hmm. I sent somebody there because he's not feeling good. He finally decides that he's going. He made up his mind he will go. His wife traveled from... um Joliet all the way to Jesse Brown and get there and then they tell them it's going to be three hours before somebody see you. Mm. You know, so we have to do better in that and we don't give up on, you know, trying to help people and talk to them and and we have to ask that question. Are you thinking about hurting or harming yourself? And her daughter, back to the daughter, her daughter was not well. Let me just say that. And I say she was not well from the environment um, because, you know, she's run away before. She's, you know, with that. So even getting that information told me that there were other things that had been going on over time. But that was actually talked about also, you know, um, because maybe the daughter has some mental health issues. We don't know, you know, because no one has tested her. No one would, you know, credentials have actually sat down and had that conversation with her. You know, the mother flips out and sometimes maybe that's too much for that daughter, you know, but I asked her, I said, is there anybody that she could go and stay with for a while, you know, and she wouldn't do it. She didn't want to go, you know, but she was isolating herself. Because when she, you know, started talking about when I got there and we started talking about it, I talked to her alone and I also talked to her with her mother and it didn't change. She still was in a state of, you know, just like shutdown. But she did share, you know, that, you know, she was just tired. Pretty much was her answer, tired, which means that she was tired of the whole situation itself. So and and there was other things that, you know, were there in the home and I recognized that and stuff and I had to talk to her about, you know, because they were things that needed to be reported pretty much, you know. Wow. And I told her and I told her when I first came in that I was a mandated reporter because I had to tell her that, too. But, you know, she allowed me in and I was grateful to be able to have that conversation with her. And she's still here today. So because I would have never known. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's a sad story, but it's a but it's a triumphant story because you're actually able to do something. It sounds like to me that the VA, then just looking at military strategy from this standpoint, if you're trying to solve or tackle a problem and issue, you may not have the resources in your building, but you have organizations like National Women's Veterans United. Like you came down to the VA as a nonprofit organization, you came down to the VA. It didn't cost anybody any money. 
that you, you went down there and actually successfully saved somebody, saved a few people from committing suicide. So if the VA, maybe there's need, we need to start to address the issue of how does the VA utilize, if they don't have the resources in-house, they don't have the staff necessarily in-house, and every environment is different, every region is different, how do we start using our veteran service organizations to to meet that gap, meet that need, picking up the phone, having a hotline or a list of, of, of veteran service organizations you can call from the VA when someone comes yeah. in that you can that you can hand them off to. They can come down to the VA, you know, not here's mm-hmm. a card and go call these people, have a nice day, but exactly some, right. Sit and down, and that you know, give weekend, some attention, come here. We're gonna have somebody come and talk to you. We're out of time now, uh, Rochelle. Yeah. Uh, we, always, we always can we can talk for hours. <laughs> we got to get. Yeah, we- I know. But you know, and I'm glad you said that though, because we still have work to do with the VA, and this is not getting off the subject at all. It's because they have over the weekend they don't have full staff, as you know. Wow. So you know when you're talking about homeless people coming there, and I have someone there who basically, you know, it's the same thing with her. They don't know the background of some of them. You know, and what happens right there. about a time. Please, we just run out. Our clock's going out. This is America's Heroes Group. Okay. We'll be right back. Come back next week, Rochelle. <laughs> right. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.